Pristina is everywhere. A podcast brought to you by Radio Otherwise. Manifesta 14, Pristina. Hello, this is Pristina is everywhere. A podcast brought to you by Radio Otherwise. A program of Manifesta 14 Pristina situated at the Center for Narrative Practice. My name is Simon Kurti and I'm pleased to welcome you to the fourth episode of this series titled Silly Walk Through the Capital of Kitsch by George Jovanovic, an artist from Skopje. While out on a stroll in Skopje, a philosopher and architect reflects on the intersection between political ideology, the urban landscape and social processes that are determined by corruptive practices. Tune in. city that goes up and down. The Balkans produces more history than it can consume, is a quote attributed to Winston Churchill. And this can be seen in many areas, but also in the area of urban development and urban geography. 
not only in Skopje, but also in all, all of the Balkans. But we're going to talk about Skopje, which is a very old city, very filled with history, which has much more history that it could consume, it could... And so the history in Skopje is just over the top, just it, it, it completely uh, overwhelms the area, so it's almost impossible to, to settle down. It, 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 it didn't have enough time to, for, the, for this, this uh, mount of history to just settle down and to, to have a kind of clear continuity. And so if you go into another city in, in Europe, in Northern Europe, in Western Europe, and which is much younger than Skopje, you, you will see uh, much more history than you can find in Skopje. It is because in most of the Western Europe, the history had um, more time to settle down, to to crystallize, to, to, to be conserved, to be preserved. But not so in Skopje. In Skopje the history have overwhelmed not only its citizens, not only its surroundings, but also its own urban geography, its own, its own objects, buildings. There are so many new historical events, different, uh, differing powers. We have the prehistorical period, we have Roman period, we have uh, uh, different, uh, we have the Byzantine Empire, we, we then have uh, the post-Byzantine wannabe empires, the Serbian Empire, the, the Bulgarian Empire, who, who have tried to settle down, to create their own mark, to, to create a kind of uh, mini-me of the Byzantine Empire and a kind of copy or reinvention of the empire. But we also have another despots, medieval despots. And then also we have the Ottoman Empire coming, uh, a kind of recreation and re-innovation uh, of the Roman Empire, the oldest uh, name of the Turkic, the, the Seljuk Empire, was called the Rum Sultanat. So he, it it was trying to emulate, to recreate, to create a kind of continuity with the Roman Empire. And it lasted a long time. And then we have the whole, uh, the whole chaos of the modernism, the modernization, the entrance of capitalism and nation building. We have a, a, a lot of successful and unsuccessful nation-building projects that are evident in the city and it's 
and it, it's uh, history in its in its urban geography. Uh, the idea of the uh, modern nations is that this nation has always been here and it's it's the rightful owner of this place and we are as we are here and we have always been here and so after the Ottomans the Serbs came they tried to create their own nationhood and Skopje was always multi-ethnic there were also Albanians there were Turks there were Vlachs there were Macedonians all sorts of other Slav people there were Roma people and and everybody wants, wanted to to, to leave a mark in this place. There were the catastrophes of wars, destructions. And everything is evident in the urban geography of Skopje, in, the, in its blueprint, in its architecture, in, in the streets. Skopje has been destructed lots of times. It has been rebuilt and not rebuilt in a very concise way. And it's visible when you when you visit the city, when you see it, when it's a kind of chaotic. And you have a lot of stories, some of which just doesn't make sense. They don't make sense today. They maybe didn't even make sense when they were spoken, when they were created. But it was a, a kind of uh, a kind of try, trying to make it work, to make it, to create a kind of city, to, to make a continuity. And we had the 
nation building, uh, building project of the Macedonian nationhood, <clears throat> which accelerated after the Second World War. It became part of Yugoslavia and uh, which is a kind of good part of the history of the city because this uh, was not a kind of nationalistic uh, uh, nationalistic project based on ethnic cleansing and destruction of all other nations which was just a norm in the Balkans but uh, it created an idea it was based on the idea of the rep republicanism of socialism about brotherhood and unity as it was, as it was called and it was the idea of it was although a national nation building so Macedonian nation was a kind of created during this process but it was not a mono-ethnic project it was a multi-ethnic project so the idea of the idea of uh, multiple nations living together was uh, a center part of this story and it was a positive movement a positive kind of reflection uh, on the development of the city and so we had this city which kind of claimed a multi-ethnic history a multi-ethnic present and multi-ethnic future which is a very uh, different a very unique kind of nation building project especially in the Balkans when you see all of the Balkans uh, capital cities where you have complete destruction of the so-called enemies so in most of the Balkan cities you will not find mosques you will, uh, you will not find traces of other nations living there but in Skopje you, you can find them so, so, so this is a kind of positive thing uh, in the development of Skopje and also then a kind of tragic destruction came upon Skopje and it was the the earthquake which completely destroyed the city which completely completely destroyed it this was Skopje a city of some 200,000 people a growing city where vast skyscraper blocks had mushroomed to house a population which had trebled in the past 15 years. In a space of some 30 seconds, Skopje was shattered. Not one major building survived intact. A scene of devastation, agony and death. And so you, on the one hand, have this kind of uh, interrupted history, with interrupted and intertwined histories where you just cannot take hold of who is who and where they come from and where they're heading from. And now at 
you, you have a complete destruction of the city by by the force of nature, completely destroying it. And then you have a kind of renewal of the city based on the ideas of modernism, based on the ideas of a kind of universalism. You have a complete new urban geography which is which tried to in a way destroy the colonialist history of Skopje, the, the, the colonization of the Serbian colonization. Luckily, we, we, we have uh, this new urbanism have left some parts of the Ottoman, also colonization, of course. But then once we have a kind of new city, which is a kind of modern, modernist city based uh, on the ideas of the Japanese uh, metabolism of Kenzo Tange, who, who was the main architect uh, who planned the city. And we have a new beginning, a rebirth a death and a rebirth, one of many in its history. And this rebirth is not complete. The idea of Kenzo Tange didn't materialize completely. It, it was uh, partially created or recreated and, and we had a kind of uh, recreation in between. So it was not completely. Uh, built based on these ideas. It, there was lots of uh, corruption, there was lots of ideas, local ideas and so forth. And this kind of new city just didn't materialize completely. And then there was the new catastrophe of the 1990s. It was the dissolution and the complete uh, collapse of Yugoslav state, uh, it collapsed with the war, which luckily it didn't reach Skopje, but its repercussions are visible in its urban geography. Uh, Skopje was once again destroyed, but this time not by war, not by earthquake, not by mm, some kind of historical or maybe a military campaign and so forth, it was destroyed by the forces of capital, by the forces of market, of the so-called free market. The ideas of free market were uh, tried in several places, but especially in the Western Europe and so forth, but uh, they had this history of capitalism, market capitalism, and so forth, and they had different theories of that. But in the post-Yugoslav, post-Soviet parts, post-communist uh, parts of Europe, there was just no idea of what market capitalism is. And it, it came as a kind of force of nature, as a kind of destructive force of nature. You have, uh, you, you will have a kind of complete, um, complete 
strive for capital, strive for money, strive for fast enrichment. And then you have a very deep corruption, you have corruption of public officials who just want to make money and then you have new buildings going up uh, like mushrooms and but they are concrete and they cannot be just brought down on or changed and you have a complete disruptive force of private initiative strive for profit and you have a creation of urban mafia which is called in everyday language these are people who are connected with politicians most of them are politicians themselves or relatives of them or so forth and they invest in real estate, they create new buildings, but they have no idea, no architectural basis, no urbanistic uh, theory behind them. They are just there. And you have a complete destruction of the and a, a kind of disruption of the history, of the urban history of the city. Once again, this time by, by the capital. And then you have nationalism. Macedonia was 
uh, blocked by Greece, uh, and there was an attack on the Macedonian sense of identity, Macedonian freedom to to create their own identity and future, and uh, a kind of reaction was sparked, nationalistic reaction, shamanistic reaction, uh, a kind of authoritarian. And this nationalistic revival tried to recreate a kind of ethno-nationalist utopia of the city. It, it tried to, to reclaim the lost histories and the never occurred histories. And it, it tried to, to, to recreate, to, to it asked the question, what if Macedonia has never been conquered by the Ottomans? What if we were as other European countries? And so they paradoxically tried to reclaim some kind of national unity by going against the national unity, both in terms of uh, inter-ethnic unity, but also in terms of uh, going against uh, historical trajectory of Macedonian development and the development of the urban geography and so forth. And they, they created a kind of utopia, a kind of past that never was. They created a kind of uh, it was called Baroque, uh, Baroque uh, architecture, but it's not Baroque. It's it's a kind of kitsch, uh, neoclassical, quasi Baroque, quasi quasi neoclassical kind of uh, architecture, and it was sponsored by the state, by the ruling party, and uh, there was. Uh, Revolt by the citizens, there was disappointment, but the government go, go on with the project. It was called the project of Skopje 2014, and it, it created a kind of illusory, a kind of uh, history that never was. So today, if you go to Skopje, you will see some kind of neoclassical Baroque buildings. That never that are completely new that that are built five years ago, and that they are falling apart because they are not built uh, on the ideas and on the materials of baroque or classical or neoclassical architecture, but are just facades. When the complete reconstruction of the city centre of Skopje was announced on February the 4th, 2010, few assumed that this project would turn into the biggest and most costly venture in the recent history of Macedonia. The project in question is Skopje 2014, 
which many have labelled as controversial, not only for financial reasons, but also for aesthetic ones. The cost of the project was initially set at 80 million euros, but quickly grew to a whopping 207 million euros before reaching over 628 million in just five years. When it comes to money, everything boils down to one question. How can such a small country with an unemployment rate of over 28% and with a GDP per capita of only 35% of the European average afford such a luxury? The inescapable impression was that the constant changes had been implemented chaotically, lacking transparency at an incredible pace and without any involvement by the citizens in the decision-making processes. It was also unclear who were the actors in the realisation of this massive project and what amount of the budget was allocated for monuments that appeared literally overnight. And now Skopje finds itself once again asking the question, asking the questions about history, about future, about present, where we are going, where we came from, what are we going to do, how to create a kind of continuity, because it's true, most of the more educated citizens of Skopje would like to see all of these crazy uh, objects destroyed, all of these crazy monuments sculptures completely destroyed but it will have the question uh, are we doing the same as they did because continuity is not the continuity of something good history is not a series of good and beautiful actions and events. Sometimes history brings forth ugly events. And the idea of continuity means that we have to preserve our own history and this is a very very problematic, especially for most citizens of Skopje that are educated and should we keep this kitsch but then again should we also keep the kitsch of some modernism the kitsch of previous periods the kitsch of capitalist revival during the 90s and if we don't keep it if we just destroy them are we creating kind of disruptions one again, once again. Are we trying to recreate history, trying to, to erase historical events that we just don't like? Are we trying to recreate a kind of history, a kind of development that actually never was? These are very hard questions for Skopians, for people living in Skopje, because we, we encounter these ugly buildings every day in our lives. And 
it's not about only asking the questions then it's about living the present living the living in the city and trying to create a kind of culture kind of continuity in culture in intellectual life in cultural life in political life and so forth a kind of continuity kind because identity means having one line one line of thought one line of thinking one life one line of experiencing and when you just break this line you are breaking the identity you're breaking the self-consciousness and these are questions that are not unique to Skopje but they are, they are shared but by lots of cities but they have de development they have historical events or maybe natural events destroying the continuity but what is unique in Skopje because we have uh, all of these events in abundance we are completely overwhelmed by them we, 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 we create so much disparities and so much as Winston Churchill was said, so much history that we just are unable to consume it. And so the question arises, should we uh, try to leave the history, settle down a bit, make space for it, or should we once again just push it and erase it and create a kind of new story, a new urban development, a new kind of city, a new vision for the city. Will it be the same city? Will it be a new one? Will we have a kind of continuity? Should we have continuity? Or should we start again? from zero.
Let's see. For sure, it's up to all of us. Up and down, up and down, up and down. Thank you for tuning in to Pristina is Everywhere by Radio Otherwise. You were listening to Georgia Jovanovic's episode Silly Walk Through the Capital of Kitsch, a conversation between the author and Jordan Shishovsky. As we build a participatory radio program, we hope that you tune in every Thursday as we publish new content from our different series. Make sure to visit our website and follow our social media to find out about Manifesta for Team Pristina's numerous interventions and programs. Pristina is everywhere. A podcast brought to you by Radio Otherwise. Manifesta 14. Pristina.